at all. While, while we're doing that, um, there's been a couple of resources that I've used and I'm happy to share with you guys uh, the resources that we've used as we've prepped this series. Um, you know, sometimes you have a book and you can't find it and so you order a second book. And so I actually have a second copy. It is lightly used because I bought it used. Uh, this is by Tom Wright and it's called Surprised by Hope and it is everything about heaven. And if you are really keen and want to dig a bit deeper, um, free copy. It's going. Should we hand it out now? Well, anyone wants it, raise your hand. First come, first serve. Who wants a free book called Surprised by Hope? There we go. That's Perfect. There you go. It's, yeah, it is a really good book, genuinely. Mm. Great. So if you are joining us for the first time, we're doing a three-part series on heaven, and um, it's been really exciting to, to really dive into it. Mm. The first week we did a, um, a, the first story was really about journeying through where are we with heaven? What are the pictures that come to mind? And we had a good laugh, you know, you know the, whole, the whole far side, um, you know, laugh or whatever. Disembodied. Here. Yep. Up in the clouds. Harp playing, this fuzzy sort of eternity picture, um, all the way to, you know, the, the pearly gates and, you know, Dante's Inferno and everything in between. Um, and basically kind of teased out a lot of questions from you guys. Um, so that was, that was really good. Um, and I think today is going to be a bit about unpacking those questions that you guys have brought um, looking at actually what does the Bible say about a lot of those things and areas that you guys have asked. So just, yeah, firstly, thank you and well done for brilliant questions. They were really good. Some of them were doozies. We're going to get to them. Um, I think it's really important that we note as we look at the subject particularly that like not every question has a clear answer. There's a lot of um, mystery about when we uh, look theologically at death, resurrection, and new creation. Uh, but there are things that we can understand from Scripture, and there are things that we can give some careful, theologically sound reasoning to, and some theological logic. And those things we maybe hold a little more lightly. But there is a picture to be found in Scripture of life after death and life after resurrection. Um, sometimes these pictures are spoken of in images and poetry, uh, which we need to put together to form a picture uh, and recognize when the Bible is speaking po poetically, but poetry points us to things that are real and, in fact, deep and um, impactful. So uh, there's, there's lots of stuff that we'll look at today. But before we do, in good GVC fashion, we love a bit of interaction. Okay, so if you're part of GVC... You know, you know the drill. Um, a fun question. If God made new animals or recreated animals we don't have, which would you want to see? Oh, love that question. So we're going to start with a real serious one of, of if God made new animals or recreated animals we don't have, which would you want to see? So let's just break out in groups around you. Uh, we'd love to hear some, some cracker suggestions right. on that. 60 seconds, so go quick, quick, quick. Grab a couple friends, include a couple people. 60 seconds, go. Right, so I know there's some, uh, some banter going on here. So I just want you guys to throw out some, some suggestions at me, please. 
Out the back over there. Lauren, I can see you leaning forward. Unicorns. Unicorns. Yeah, oh, I mean, got that it. was going to come, it. wasn't it? Yeah. Okay, what else? At the back over there. Woolly mammoth, for sure. Mm, nice. Anything else? Come Anything on. Anything else at the back? A cat dog hybrid, so everyone is happy. A cog. <laughs> A cog. Ah, okay. Amazing. I like that. A cog. A what? Talking animals. I think there's hope. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Anyone else? No burning ones? Okay. Brachiosaurus. I mean, I was so, waiting for the dinosaur one. I wanted to say one something. Of our, yeah. One of our favorite questions that we got was, will there be unicorns? And I think here is where we recognize the limits of scripture. <laughs> but we can think <laughs> about it in a theologically informed way. Will there be unicorns? Well, in my mind, God created animals Absolutely. once, didn't he? So what is to say that God can't create more animals in new creation, um, surely unicorns are going to, like, top the list. Yeah, definitely. Right? And dinosaurs, if God is restoring the earth and restoring everything that has been, I think we got, I think we're in for a shout for dinosaurs. I do. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yes, unicorns please. might be a mystery. A cat-dog combo might be mystery, redeemed, but hey. Redeemed dinosaurs. There's an interesting uh, concept. Uh, right, so listen, there were lots of questions that came in. So what we've done um, is try to sort of cluster them together uh, to be able to address some of like the main points because we've only got sort of 20 minutes to do this. So um, first cluster of questions, and I'm just going to read them out quickly and then we'll kind of summarize what area that is. What, what about people who have died? Where are they? When earth is restored, does everyone die and then come back home? Before the new heavens and earth, what is heaven like? For those who have already died, what happens? Where are the heavens at the moment? What was the Hebrew word for heaven? What does rest and peace and rise in glory mean? And then lastly, can people in heaven see us on earth? So these are clangers, really like Cracking good questions. Okay, so here we're going to look at how the Bible speaks about heaven um, or the heavens, and then we're going to see how that might tie in quite nicely with what happens after we die. And like all good things, we start at the beginning. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, what's the Hebrew word for heaven? There's two words, um, shamim and uh, rakai. Rakai. Yeah. Um, don't count my pronunciation, uh, but Pretty good. skies, skies up above, yeah, versus land where people are, and both words in scripture are used as shorthand for where God is, so the king of heavens um, or up in heaven, because the Hebrew writers understood God's space is exalted, it's above, and even this sense that then he's looking down, because like Psalm uh, Eleven four says the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord is on his heavenly throne. He observes everyone on earth and his eyes examine them. But in the Hebrew imagination, it wasn't only that God was looking down because they would say, no, God was also, God's also here with us on earth, particularly present in the temple, that overlapping space where people and God meet. Uh, so that, that word of heaven, uh, then, is, is that image of being up above and exalted. Yeah, I, I can see that 
sort of term meaning sort of up there and about where God is. But a nebulous up there with God isn't like a great picture of eternity. It doesn't bring us to the, you know, the biblical picture of new creation. You know, we've been speaking about sort of the two coming together. But it kind of, that kind of reaffirms this sort of up there and us down here type thing. Um, yeah, maybe just kind of extrapolate on that a little bit for us. Yeah. So it doesn't, it, it kind of gets to how we might have an image that when we die, there, if we go to be with the Lord. So the Bible is not um, focused on giving us clear-cut information or step-by-step answers on what happens after we die. So it's not a manual. Nope. It's just not its focus. The Old Testament writers uh, would have said and do say, when you die, you give up your spirit or your breath, and it goes back to the one who gave it to you, and your body goes in the ground. Ecclesiastes 12, 7 says, the dust returns to the ground it came from, and the spirit returns to the God who gave it, right? Mm. And the grave is this kind of shadowy image of a location. But the, New Testament, but the Old Testament writers um, trusted that God's commitment to his people and that God's life was stronger than death. And then as the New Testament goes on, there is more and more um, hope and uh, discussion about resurrection. So in terms of where we go when we die, there's three passages we can look at in the New Testament that give us a glimpse. And that's what we've got, a glimpse. Um, Jesus says to the thief on the cross when he is being crucified, today you'll be with me in paradise. Uh, The Greek word uh, paradise, paradiso, uh, was the Hebrew word for Eden, right? And it's it's so back today to you'll be with me in Eden, and again, it's the vision of God's temple nice. presence, right? You'll be with me with God. Paul says twice, once in um, 2 Corinthians 5, he says, he's in prison. He says, I, I prefer to be away from my body and at home with the Lord. And then again, he's in prison, not a surprise. Philippians 1, he thinks there's a good chance he's going to be executed soon. And he says, well, it wouldn't be too bad. I'm a, little, I'm a bit torn. Um, I want to be with Christ. That would be better. But for your sake, it's probably better that I stay. So the common thread there is the word and the term with, with God. It says to be with Jesus or to be with God. So it's not about the place. To die physically but not yet be resurrected is to be with the Lord. Nice. To be safe in the arms of Jesus. And it gets at that Anglican phrase. um, Yes, where does that come from? Yeah, it's part of the Anglican liturgy. uh, Rest in peace and rise in glory. I've never heard of it. So we would understand that those who are with the Lord are at peace. They're in the presence of the Lord. They're safe with Jesus. And there will be a moment that they will rise in glory uh, to a newly created, restored earth. And we don't have more than that. But we have the assurance that in some way, God himself, by his creative power and his um, unfailing love, will sustain us. And uh, maybe it's a disembodied state. We don't know. Our physical self's in the ground. We don't have our rockin' new eternal body, which we'll talk about. Um, but we don't have details, but we do have the assurance we're with the Lord. But this, I mean, this intermediate state that someone raised in their question, I mean, we've got to kind of address that because, 
you know, it, it, it's not a final picture. There's kind of, it's kind of a moving picture, if you will. Um, so where are the heavens at the moment? Very good question. Because we're not really told. No, no, we aren't really told. Um, but there is a sense of our, in our experience, I think if we can kind of make these ties, it's really, it's been really powerful for me. Yeah. Um, we experience God's reality in our lives. The spirit is in us and mm -hmm. we experience God here and now, right? Imperfectly, incomplete. But really we have the sense of God, sometimes in the ordinary, sometimes in the extraordinary. Um, there's some really interesting thinking. Some theologians are going places with it in terms of like science talks about other dimensions. Physicists are pretty happy with there being other dimensions that we don't understand. That's true. And that that is maybe something um, that we might glimpse or experience when we think about heaven, a spiritual reality in the world that's here and real, but not normally visible to us. But, I mean, could it be similar to... Uh, can you think of some people in Scripture? There's a couple little instances where they got a glimpse of God's reality. So Stephen, when Stephen is being stoned, um, he looked up and he saw Jesus sat at the right hand of God. Yeah. He saw that when he was here. Um, Elisha asked his, uh, God to give his servant a glimpse of the heavens. And his servant looked, and he saw the hills full of horses and fiery chariots. Yeah? Um, could that be that glimpse of physically with the eyes, heaven, which is God's realm? It's real. It's present. It's not so far away, but not one we generally experience. And, like, you might know people. I do. People yeah. who have had amazing spiritual experiences that go beyond like our normal thing yeah we used to have people at church that sort of used to look up and say i see angels around yeah. <laughs> we always used to be like okay yeah. uh but yeah you know, that was a, their reality that was they right. were like there it is and that's what it's doing and yeah. yeah i have a friend at our church in rugby after church one day we, church was done and she we some people were praying and she saw an angel like it, when the light was there, there's an angel right at the top of the stained glass. There was no stained glass, but she saw an angel in our church. So, again, mm. we don't know the details, but we hold what we do know, and that's that when we die, believers go to be with the Lord. I mean, I've got a question. Is, is there on, can people in this intermediate heaven see us there? I mean, we, we can't say. I mean, I think the closest we can, we've got to is in the Bible is... Um, you know, the, the passage in Revelation 6 with the, you know, the seal being opened and the, martyr, the martyrs um, under the altar of the Lord. Um, but again, it's, you know, it's prophetic in nature. It's, you know, uh, we've got to kind of weigh that with other literature. I mean, there's the story of Moses and Elijah um, appearing at the transfiguration, talking to Jesus, Luke 9. Um, speaking about his departure. So, yeah. I mean, they had knowledge of what was going on. They knew what was going on. Yeah. Just as the martyrs could see that judgment hadn't happened yet on the earth. Yeah. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, where it says we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Who are these witnesses? You know, are they angels? Are they people in this sort of intermediate state? Yeah, I mean, I could, we could probably say maybe, right? Yeah, I think um, we can say maybe. We would... We can hold that lightly, and um, I can't, we can't say for certain. 
but yeah. we can think about it a little bit from a few things and hold it lightly. Yeah, yeah. Right, um, so we've discussed what happens after we die in terms of where we go in an intermediate state of heaven, but then kind of what after that time? Um, so, I mean, what do we look forward to, right? What do we super look forward to is the second coming. There is going to be a time when um, God comes again, Jesus comes again, uh, everything is made right. Uh, Ryan drew it for us, right, last time? Tried to draw. That big final moment um, all the language in the Bible is of God or Jesus coming to us, of heaven coming to earth and a new restored heaven. Uh, the word, uh, Greek word that's usually uh, translated coming, parousia, is actually um, presence or rival. Yeah? And the New Testament doesn't give us a blueprint, but it gives us images to express that God and his people are going to be reunited um, History on earth will be done, and God will be all in all. And there's this image of the royal arrival, uh, trumpets, right? Um, Paul speaks about this. We're almost to where you get another question you'll really enjoy. Paul speaks about this in 1 Corinthians 15. So the coming of the Messiah at the time of the resurrection of the dead will be when his rule will become evident. It will appear to everyone. Um, all forces, and here's where we gotta, we gotta have a big amen. All forces of evil will be destroyed. We hear an amen. 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 Yeah. The last enemy to be conquered is death. And then Jesus says, those who are not dead will be changed or renewed, transformed. Um, trumpet, there's trumpets in these um, scriptural images. Uh, Paul uses the language throughout his letters of transformed. Um, so one of the questions was, uh, does everyone die and then get resurrection bodies? Or, or do you just get resurrection bodies then if you're alive? Again, we don't have the steps. Paul says in Romans 8, 23, we await the redemption of our bodies. Um, how will it happen for those who are alive? Yeah, we don't know, but it will happen. Exactly what will happen, though. So we don't know the time or the details, but Scripture seems clear that it will be evident, and when it happens, everyone will know. So we have a whole cluster of questions about our new bodies and... Yeah, you guys did great. ...this relationship with new creation. Um, so I'm just going to read those through, and then we'll kind of tackle the area around sort of new bodies. So question, what age will we be in heaven? Will we age? Are our new heavenly bodies the ones that we die in? So if somebody dies in old age, will they have their elderly body? <laughs> what does the restoration look like? Um, will you raise, for example, will you raise a child if you were infertile? Will we eat? Will there be bacon? It's a good question. Will we put on weight? Another very good question. What language will we speak? What food, foods will there be? Uh, is there space for introverts? <laughs> that is quiet. <laughs> so what we know, scriptures are very consistent that we have new bodies and Jesus' resurrected body. So I mean, everything's pointing back to Jesus' resurrection, uh, his resurrected body, the experience the disciples and others had with Jesus. Right. 
Yeah, maybe just uh, talk I, a little I think bit we about need that. To, I think we should do our question first, though. Right, do we have a question? Yeah, we have a question, and we'll, okay. we'll shift that to there. Brilliant. What is the best food or your favorite meal that you have ever eaten or, like, is in your top five ever? Say to your friends Heavenly. very briefly, what's your favorite meal, best food ever? Go. Right, you guys ready? <laughs> we may never get this group shut down on, on food. We go on for eternity speaking about the menu. <laughs> right, uh, would you guys like to shout out your best food choices? Yep. Your Let's eternal food choices, please. Fried chicken. Fried chicken. Oh, yeah. What else? Huh? What, just like a live pig? Pig. Anything oh, pig. Any type of Anything pig. Anything pig. Okay. Pork. Okay. What else? Thanks, Phil. Anyone else? There's chocolate. Chocolate fudge cake. Chocolate fudge cake. Yes, please. A. Fillet steak. Fillet steak. Medium. What about on the back row there? What were some... Pistachio oh, ice cream. Gelato. Pistachio ah, ice cream. We went to yes, Holy Gelato. Please. Holy Gelato before church. Yes, please. Free what about you guys there. back here? Oh, oh, something your mom cooks from Slovenia. Mom's home-cooked oh, food. Ah, lovely. Oh, can, uh, we, can we put the recipe in the email? For amazing. Okay. The weekly email. Awesome. Love that. Okay. So one of the questions was, will we eat? I have no doubt. That is a yes. certainty. It's in the Bible. Oh, well, I mean, it? it only is logical. Please don't. Uh, think about all the language in Scripture of feasting. Uh, God created yes. us to eat. God created people to eat food. God gave us all the food, He turned right? water into wine. I just thought of one. Oh, hey, uh, the wedding supper, the lamb is spoken about in Revelation. And so, you know, God instituted lots of feasts for his people to follow. So, yeah, absolutely. We, Jesus ate. Jesus ate with his followers. I, I definitely will be eating. There was a lot of deliberation over this vegetarian thing. I okay, just want to point out. So, so one of the questions. <laughs> Jury's seriously out on that one. It's it, mm. it, it's a hung jury at this stage, I think. One of the questions was, will there be bacon? Will we be vegetarians? And, okay, the answer is, we decided we should, really should have a sign, right? We don't know. We can be it's absolutely sure, we can be absolutely sure that it will be amazing because we have never tasted food in fully restored bodies from fully restored food on the earth. So it's going to be out of this world. I think you can make a biblically reasoned case that before the flood, people were vegetarians, and it was only after the flood that people yeah, we're just gonna were move said on that from they there. could eat meat. Um, so There's a bit of tension, but we're just going to, yeah, we're just going to leave that one. Um, one thing that is certain is coffee. Coffee. Freshly brewed, best barista. Best coffee ever. Best barista, best beans, best, best, best. Okay, we have one more question for you. It's the vegetarian last, as the well. The last one before we go for our home, home stretch here. Okay. So, 
It's the age question, and we're going to deal with it head on. Uh, what age will we be, and will we age, and what language will we speak? Okay, so we, we're putting that to you. What age will we be in heaven? Okay, will yeah. we age, and what language will we speak, right? No, just, just the age. Just go age. Are we just going to go age? Just go age. Just age. What would okay. be the Keep perfect age to be in heaven? Okay, go. You've got two minutes. Okay, thoughts? Some serious scientific uh, discussions happening here. I've heard something about the prefrontal cor cortex development, so Ooh. this is going in depth, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. What, what do you think? What would be the perfect age to be? 22? Okay. 22. 222. Okay. Daniel and Emily. Interesting. Okay. Right. Any, any more and at the back any there? Any other punts from the Stephen, audience? I can see you. 30. 30. 30. 30. Mm. Because you've had experience. a bit more experience. I but like you that. have most but things you still, working. You still have most things oh, wow. working. 30. I can tell you that definitely goes downhill. <laughs> I like that a lot. Anyone else? Any oh, other, very good. Anyone above 30 in the room? Okay. So it's really interesting because Scripture doesn't say. This is another. We need our sign. We don't know. Um, it's not something that Scripture talks about. Now, Surprisingly, though, much theological ink has been spilled over this speculative question, right? Um, and I think it's one of the areas that we're going to just have to trust that it'll be good and right and what it should be. Now, we can think about all the different options. We bantered this a bit, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, you could have. They recognized Moses and Elijah. Mm. That's an interesting one. Yeah, that's you right. Um, maybe so he wasn't a teen, Moses like, wasn't a teenager. Uh, if you're 90 when you die, will you have like an awesome, super strong, but 90-year-old body? Like if you're a child and go to heaven, uh, will you be a child there? Will you grow up? Will you grow up to a certain age Will and you be stop? wise? Um, yeah, there doesn't seem to be indication um, of age or aging and new creation. When we're with God... And in new creation, we have access to God's um, life, the very source of life. So for me, it's a little hard to a uh, compute aging there. But again, we're just going to have to trust it'll be right and it'll be good, right? Now, someone that we asked, uh, how are we going to speak to each other? Like, what language will we have? Again, no indication. Will we have a common language? Will we just understand each other? Universal translators, you sci-fi people, Please. right? Um, and it brought another thought for me. Uh, maybe we'll just understand each other, but think now that we will have all eternity to get to know new people from everywhere, in every language, from every time. Right? Mind blown. Now, Extroverts in the room are going, wow, and introverts are going, oh, no, no, we'll get, we'll get there, Run. we'll get there for you, we'll get there for you. Um, there were some questions about uh, our bodies, we're yep. still on the theme of bodies, um, 
And I think there's a theme that we can have that runs through here, which is of continuity and newness, right? Um, we'll have bodies and we'll be on the renewed earth and it's gonna be an earth that we're familiar with and I'll know, but it's also minus all corrupting influences, uh, all death, all sin, all selfishness. We're gonna have new bodies. Um, Jesus had the scars on his crucified body. Jesus is the only person for whom we have as an example of a, of a resurrected body, and he had his scars. Does it mean that we will have our scor scars? Possibly. Did Jesus have his scars because they are the salvation of the world? Possibly. Um, again, we don't know. Now, there were some definite differences for Jesus' body, right? Uh, anyone? Can anyone think of what was distinctly different about Jesus? He walked through walls, right? He was in a room, and then he was outside of a room. And so apparently he's not bound by the same rules of physics. So that's different. And who knows what that will be like. Um, there was one last question on bodies, uh, quite a challenging question. So what does restoration look like? Will you raise a child, for example, if you were infertile? Again, we don't know. I think the one thing we can absolutely be sure of, and the hope that we hold fast to, is that all of the points of pain in our life will be healed in the presence and love of God. We don't know what that looks like in those kinds of details, but we can take absolute comfort um, and look forward to the day when Jesus will wipe away all of our tears and there will be no more pain and suffering. And so we will be in the presence of the God who made us and loved us and takes away our pain. I think that leads us on to a whole bunch of questions about how we will relate in heaven. Um, so will it be awkward if you were widowed and remarried? That's, I mean, it's a good question. Will we get to see people already in heaven? So, you know, do you take your memory with you? Um, what language will we speak? How we will recognize each other? Um, so, yeah, some, some really challenging questions there. Yeah. Um, I think going to your points around Jesus, his resurrection body, the resurrection experience with the disciples. That's right. That's, that's exactly right. So they recognized Jesus, except in the one instance where it says that their eyes were closed. But when it, Jesus appeared to his friends, he appeared to Thomas, he appeared to the 500. Um, they knew there was something a little different, but they recognized him. They con um, conversed, they had conversations, they carried on their relationships. Um, it was not Jesus with amnesia, but it was Jesus, their friend. Uh, and so I am confident that we will know each other and others now who have gone on ahead. Now, how will that work? Will we just know? Will we be so much ourselves that we will just know that person? I don't know. Will we see people as we best remember them? I don't know. We will definitely uh, have our memories because they're a fundamental part of what makes up who we are, right? Um, and uh, I'm thankful, actually, because I think our memories will be perfect, so we won't be going, oh, yeah, who is that person? What's their name? What's their name, right? Um, there's a lot of questions that were asked about how we relate to each other, 
particularly about marriage, because Jesus says uh, that there is not going to be marriage in heaven when he was asked in Matthew about the resurrection and marriage. And Jesus indicates it's just not how we're going to relate to each other. Uh, So marriage on earth is a signpost to the relationship, the perfect relationship that we will have and want to have with God. The picture in Revelation 21 and 22 is of a bride decked out for the groom, um, and that marriage is that image of deep and true and wonderful and completely satisfying uh, love relationship. And so that is the relationship we're going to have with God and the relationship that we will have deeper and more fuller with each other. And so we know we're going to relate, but it will be different. And I think it's this sort of picture of um, restoration. Um, That's quite a, that's the central theme that's been working through all of these things. So if you think about the restoration with relationships, the restoration with yourself, restoration with creation, it sounds pretty a pretty hopeful picture um, that kind of that God is forming. Like I'm listening to you and I'm going, it doesn't sound like the old picture, the old story of how you know we were just like, oh, this is God's failed project, Project Earth. That's oh right. dang! Like I made yeah. a mistake. I press the big red button and right. send Jesus so he can that's rescue right. the people, like rescue mission. That's right. Yeah, we don't have any. Everything in Scripture is about God's bringing restoration and healing and wholeness, restoring. And that doesn't mean, oh, God's going to say, well, that first creation I did, it was a bit rubbish. I guess I'll just throw it all away and start again. That's not renewal. That's not healing. That's not restoration. Healing and restoration and renewal of people and of creation is making everything right. Um, Whole. Yeah. Yeah. Whole and complete. Yeah. Yeah. And... Um, And the other thing, and here's where we're going to segue for next week, Um, the God who gave us the job in the garden to be his image bearers and work this creation uh, potential that he made uh, and gave it to us, then gives us that same thing and makes it all good and right and creative, um, yeah, ready for eternity. Love that. Brilliant. Well, thanks, thanks, Diane, for, you know, sharing a lot of insights. I know we've traveled quite fast through a lot of concepts. Um, so well done to you guys for, yeah, just all the feedback and the uh, interactions. Brilliant. Um, what we'd like to do now is part of one of the symbols that we have of this new heaven and new earth and the resurrection of Jesus is communion. Uh, where the symbol of Jesus' resurrected body, the bread, and his blood, wine.